Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Dorkside Toys. At DorksideToys.com, you can get the latest Star Wars toys, as well as Marvel, G.I. Joe, The Walking Dead, and more. Run by toy fans, you can be assured your order will be given great attention and packed with care. Sign up to their social channels now for stock alerts, reviews, and toy and movie news. DorksideToys.com. You'd be a dork not to shop there. Welcome to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and convention coverage, hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other listeners, find links to our Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube pages, support our Podbean crowdfunding campaign, and much more. Star Wars Action News, covering the whole galaxy of Star Wars toys. Welcome to Star Wars Action News. This is Marjorie. This is Arnie. We are coming to you Sunday morning from Indiana Comic-Con in Indianapolis 2016. And joining us is Daryl. Hello, Daryl, video enhancer. Another week, another con. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it feels, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Indiana Comic-Con. We came here last year for our first time. If you've gone to Celebration 2 or Celebration 3, you know this convention center. If you come to Gen Con, you know this convention center. Wonderfully retro to be back here at where we went to our first celebrations. I think definitely so because it rained really hard for like five hours on Saturday and it was a cold rain. And so I kept having like post-traumatic stress disorder from the Lucas line. Every time I'd get out in the rain, I was cold and wet. You had post-traumatic stress of being in your hotel room safe and asleep and looking out the window and seeing me standing in the rain wet and drenched? Is that the post-traumatic stress of which you speak as the third-party stress? Well, I was out there for a while, but I had pneumonia. You weren't. And you didn't have pneumonia. No, it was bronchitis. Yeah. Okay, but I was out there for a while before you sent me back into the room. Yeah, that full hour, that really did it for you, huh? That one hour in the drizzle before the downpour came and then the freezing temperatures that night. I think you forget that I sat out there all afternoon during the tornado warnings. Before it rained, yeah. No, there was rain. I was soaked through. Every article of clothing I had on was soaked. Anyway, it is good to be back here at the Indiana Convention Center. We came last year... I don't know that we even knew too much about this convention, but Carrie Fisher was coming. A bunch of our friends were coming, like Daryl, and we decided to just come to town. And this year, though, it was a scheduled thing. Ian McDermott is here. One of the hardest autographs I've ever had to get at Celebration. Almost didn't get it after paying 300 and some odd dollars for a couple autograph tickets. And he's here. Daryl, did you go for any autographs? Uh, no, I thought about it. Uh, the lines are, I mean, 
I guess they're long for here, especially compared to some of the other people that are signing. They're not as bad as, say, celebrations and stuff like that. But he and Ray Park is here as well, and they've both had long lines every day. It was incredible. The line to get in the line for Ray Park. I've got Ray Park signed figures and visual dictionaries and things. And so I never thought I'd need another Ray Park signature. I've started getting autographs on my X-Men DVDs, so I thought I'd get him on X-Men 1. And I figured this is a smaller con. I'd say attendance is much bigger this year than it was last year from my anecdotal experience. But it's a much smaller con than any celebration and most Wizard Worlds. I thought, oh, what? why not? I'll just kind of walk up, get him to sign it. The line was in Saturday and Sunday. I just didn't have the gumption or desire to stand in that line to get an X-Men DVD signed. And Ian McDermott, too. I was like, wow, I'm actually really glad I got him at Celebration and didn't have to do it here. And he doesn't make that many convention appearances, either. I mean, it's kind of rare. So I don't know much about the behind-the-scenes of Indiana Comic-Con, but they've definitely got a hookup with some good autograph guests. Leah Thompson was here, and we were able to just walk up and get her autograph, and they did a dual photo op with Ian McDermott and Ray Park, which is actually a really awesome idea for that episode one kind of Darth Sidious, Darth Maul thing. And, Daryl, you're an Emperor Focus collector, so I'm surprised you didn't go for more of that. I, I'm just not that big into autograph collecting, uh, and so that's part of the reason. Uh, one nice thing about having them here is a lot of the dealers then focus on their merchandise for you to buy so you can get something signed while you're here. So there has been quite a few Emperor pieces out on the floor that's kind of been highlighted or put to the forefront so you can kind of look at to get you to try and buy it. Yeah, including one dealer had an Emperor bust that's kind of neo-vintage, I think, the 90s era. Yeah, it was the the Legends bust, I think. Uh, it was about twice the price of what you find it on eBay, so I did not purchase it. But yeah, it's definitely definitely some decent shopping to look at here. I was surprised at all the Star Wars. A lot of Star Wars vintage items, loose and carded. A lot of vehicles. Marjorie, you found some trading cards? I didn't buy them because I'm going to you know, check to see if I'm making a correct purchase. I have recently, I think, started maybe collecting trading cards. I think they're fun. I found a box completely sealed, still in the shrink wrap, of a New Hope movie cards that they wanted $395 for. Didn't buy them because I'm like, I want to make sure I'm getting my money's worth before I drop that kind of cash. I don't think they sent trading cards shrink wrapped in the cases. I think they just put cases in shippers. So... The shrink wrap may have been to protect it to make sure it didn't come undone. I have bought some that were like saran wrapped or shrink wrapped and things for protection. If any listener knows differently, tell me if I'm wrong. But I've picked up a number of cases of Topps trading cards that were unopened. And I, I don't remember that. I came so close to buying so many things. My only Star Wars purchase, though, and I'm really happy with it, is something I didn't remember coming out from the episode one line, which was a job of the hut that would spit the frog head like when he was starting the race with a the two-headed announcer Fode and Bead figure. And I think that was like after the midnight madness in 1999 of Phantom Menace, the later waves of figures, the later accessory sets, a lot of those were just 
hard to find in stores. I kind of fell out of collecting for about a year. And so that's one of the few things I didn't have. And I think I got confused because I had the Foden bead and the Power of the Jedi line, but never this. So I picked that up for $20 in decent condition. It's certainly going to be an opener, not a mint in box one. It's got a slight dent, but for $20, I was like, yeah, I don't have that yet. Uh, the only thing I picked up Star Wars-wise was uh, I am starting to backfill. Last year, I picked up a large group of the old uh, vintage Marvel comics uh, you know, for like 20 bucks, and I got like 60 or 80 of them or something. And so I'm slowly, there's a few missing in that selection. You know, you might miss number 21 or something, but have all those around it. So I was able to go through and pick up about 10 of the ones I was missing here at the con. Because it is kind of a smaller con, it's a little easier to work through some of those long boxes of those old comics. And the last thing I bought, which since I didn't buy the trading cards, were some Han and Carbonite earrings, which sound like they'd be heavy, but they're actually not super heavy, and they're exactly what it sounds like. Han Solo and a block of Carbonite earrings. They look familiar. Like, there have been a lot of little Han and Carbonite toys and things. It almost looks like they took one of those and re-sculpted one of the keychains and made, like, a very lightweight plastic out of the cast. I can't imagine that's a complete custom sculpted item is it the small tray from the kotobukiya silicone trays that they did maybe maybe they did yeah use the ice cube mold and do that i did that may be where they got that from it's got nice texture to it though it was kind of fun to see the prices of some of the things around here daryl you were telling me those disney elite figures have really come down in price in c2e2 after disney did that big re-release of all of them yeah, I saw the, I think we mentioned we saw the Grievous up at C2E2 for 150 uh, Here on the floor, I saw it for 75 So it's definitely come down in price. May even be the same vendor. There are a lot of vendors here who I'm recognizing and who are recognizing me from C2E2 and various purchases. But definitely a good con still. But while it was a little bit more crowded, it wasn't bad. This year they went a little lighter on artists they had a couple big names like neil adams our big joke is how could you ever know neil adams was here because he only has a giant freaking booth but it's been a fun time i have to say this is one of the few conventions that still has not been inundated with things that don't belong like chiropractors or insurance companies or sugar gliders or anything like that because even c2e2 has geico had this giant bus in the middle of the floor you saw some Maybe different things that weren't necessarily comic-related, like an animal sanctuary, which is fine. Don't get me wrong. I love the animals and would adopt them all if I could. But it's not a comic book convention kind of thing that you expect. I agree. Every booth here has had something worth looking at. Now, I may have that something be, ooh, they sell Japanese anime. Do they have any figure arts? No? Okay, I'm the hell out of here. But (laughs) it's been every booth catches my all right one didn't the chainmail bikinis and then the wigs booth yeah i don't get that i guess you dress up in the chainmail wear the bikini i'm not really sure they were kind of close to each other it's for beach combat marjorie what do you do when somebody's going to try to stab you in the boob with their broadsword at the beach if you do not have the chainmail bikini it's going to cut right through got it i will mark this down in case i ever sign up for beach combat I mean, being a woman, I think you should know this. Apparently not. I just thought this was a daily danger of being a female, was that if you didn't have the chainmail bra, you had severe risk of impalement. But 
looking outside of shopping at the con, we made a number of stops at Walmarts on the way here. We have been hunting for those Black Series three and three quarter inch episode seven figures with Phasma. Have you had any luck finding those, Daryl? I have had no luck whatsoever in finding any of those figures uh, anywhere. No, not even a trace of that line. We did see them here. Yeah, at the con, if I wanted to pay 40 for the Phasma and 20 for the others, I could have had the set of three figures for 80 bucks. That was a little outrageous because they'll eventually make it to the store. I mean, the only thing that we have in the Walmart in regards to that line right now is one of the Endor Hans, which just no one wants him. I came so close to paying 80 for those three figures just to have it done with and not have to hunt because... We've been going to Walmarts like every other day. We drove like 20 miles off the interstate to go to a specific Walmart. Of course, we didn't know where we were going. That was a mistake. I got to my towns confused. Daryl was laughing at us. Yes, uh, I'm familiar with both those Walmarts, and I know how far the one is from the road. And when you posted that you were there, I was like, what the heck were they thinking? We thought it was closer to the road. So after that little... (laughs) trek into nothingness on a late Friday night, it almost seemed worth it. But, I mean, it's not been fruitless. Marjorie did find the Battle of Takodana box set with Maz Kanata. Yeah, that was at our home Walmart. It's the only place I'd ever seen him is one of the Walmarts in town. Not the other two, just one. But that's a widespread release. It shouldn't be too hard to find. But I'm trying not to give up hope because it turns out, now I don't know if this is coincidence or if this is planning, But this new wave of Black Series figures, Walmart is intending to release to tie into, yes, the Star Wars national holiday is just two days away with May the 4th be with you. Actually, I think it's just a bank holiday in Canada, technically. I don't think it's a national holiday for us. So because of Star Wars Day, Canadian banks don't open? Is that how this works? Yeah, it's one of those little ones you see on your calendar, but you're like, damn it, we don't get that day off. How come? Do they get Alien Day off, too? Well, no, that, I don't think so, because that... No, I don't think so. Okay, I thought the Canadian bankers kept all the good hours. But I did receive an email from Kmart Corporate, because that ray on Starkiller base figure with the snow was a May the 4th release. That's why we haven't had great luck finding her. And as with all planned releases, sometimes you get stores that put them out early, and this may be the case with the Black Series figures at Walmart, too. They may say hold till May the 2nd or May the 4th. And that's why a lot of them don't have them out. But some people, they just didn't pay attention to street dates. But Kmart even on April 30th put the raise up for order and had a lot in stock. And it took a couple hours to sell out. But yeah, May the 4th, there's going to be quite a few promotions going on. They're trying to spring them on us. Little not announced but lego started theirs early it's (laughs) like what alex said may the fourth comes earlier and earlier every year because (laughs) lego started their may the fourth sales on like april 29th i think if you go to the website www.isitmay4thyet.com you'll find your answer yeah and apparently on april 29th the answer was yes daryl you jumped in on that uh yeah i had to pull the uh, trigger on that expensive uh, Battle of Hoth set, I believe it's called. Uh, you also, uh, with the May the 4th special, you get a uh, Force Awakens Lego-style poster, as well as a poly-bagged First Order Stormtrooper. 
Uh, I've heard it's not too much different than the other First Order Stormtroopers out, out there. Uh, I think it's just a couple painted black boxes or something is the only difference. Uh, and then if you're a VIP member, you also get double reward points. There is some sales on some other LEGO sets on the website. When I shopped on there on Saturday on the 30th, uh, a lot of them were sold out, but you could still kind of order them to be delivered at a later date. Are you in the VIP program? Yes, I am. What do you get out of that? Because I joined last year, and what I get is some emails. Uh, when you buy sets, especially like the $240 or $250 uh, Battle of Hoth set, um, you get points that then accumulate, much like you do at a credit card, that then when you purchase later on, as long as you're buying them through the Lego store or lego.com, uh, you're basically getting a cash back rebate. I think it's for every $100 spent, you get $5 back. Nice. I've used it to buy uh, Ultimate Collector set last year, and so I've got points, but I've just been trying to figure all that out. Are you happy with the Hoth set? Because I heard a lot of pushback that that's this year's Ultimate Collector set when they felt it was like a rehash of a lot of the little Hoth sets they'd done before, kind of put together into one big set. Yeah, it, it's kind of that way. I remember the one a few years ago that had the nice uh, kind of Hoth interior base, I will call it. I can't remember what the actual set was called, um, but it came with kind of the, the computer monitors and stuff that were kind of nice one-off pieces that I don't think you could really get in other sets. Uh, this one just kind of does seem to be a mashup of a lot of the, the same, you know, white and gray bricks that you can put in any order. Um, I do like it because it's got kind of the the hanger doors. Um, it's kind of the part that's selling me because you can get the Wampa, you can get you know the other figures in other places, and and I can understand people's frustration, but it is a nice set, and and those people that that are really into Lego will end up buying it. Plus, a lot of it, the more you have, the just the bigger display you have. It's not like that you couldn't display both with the exception of things like the hangar doors a lot of it will just build on itself to make it an even more impressive display was my feeling yeah it's definitely uh, one more piece to a diorama that you can definitely have this even though this is the ultimate collector set then you can put together kind of the ultimate collector showroom also on may the 4th gentle giant is having a may the 4th sale with 20 percent off a number of things mostly jumbo figures like wicket and akbar i know several Gokas collectors who want to get those characters, though they probably already have them. Also the Han, Yavin Metal Bust, and the Stormtrooper Maquette from Rebels, and the Star Wars logo bookends, all 20% off. Hallmark also has an exclusive Itty Bitty coming out for May the 4th that is only available online. And Arnie, you might be interested in this. Must have. Must have. I hope they put it online at 2 a.m. so I can go there after I go to the Disney Store site. Han and Carbonite Itty Bitty. Need it. Gotta have it. Can't live without it. And also be sure to head over to our sponsor, Dorkside Toys, on May the 4th, starting at 10 a.m. Central for their May the 4th sale. They're going to be having two Black Series 6-inch Troopers for $21.99, so that's about half off. You get a Flame Trooper and a Snow Trooper, Fire and Ice together there. The Phasma Black Series 6-inch for $15.99. Wave 6 Black Series with Django Fett, Ahsoka, Luke, and some Troopers and for $125 for that case. And four Flame Troopers for $49.99. Plus Pop Vinyls and some other sales, so check them out May the 4th, 10 a.m. Central. 
Also, if you have the Target Cartwheel app, make sure to log into that on Wednesday. I've heard some rumors, confirmed information from a source at a Target that there will be some Star Wars specials on that day. The big thing I'm looking forward to, and we talked about this on the last show, and it turns out it's looking like, and I'm just, because they do try to spring the May the 4th stuff on us, a lot of what I'm going to say is going off of strong rumor and insinuation, but it looks like the Disney Store prototype Boba Fett Elite figure, which is the Boba Fett figure they released a long time ago, but with the cape that they just released a couple weeks ago, but now all painted white to be the armor in that first version that they never actually used. So now we're getting repaints. That's better still than when they shipped Rey without a saber because we couldn't know she was using the force and then shipped her again with the saber. Repack. Yeah, well, or that's just adding an accessory and calling it a new figure. But it looks like that's going to be coming out May the 4th. So congratulations, Marjorie. You're going to be woken up when my alarm goes off at 2 o'clock in the morning on May the 4th. We're going to celebrate earlier. Let's be honest here. I'm not waking up because your alarm's going off. I'm going to have to set my alarm to get you up so your rude buzzing alarm does not wake me up make me think that I'm in the hatch. That's what I'm looking forward to. There's also rumors there's going to be an exclusive May the 4th Boba Fett Sumsum. And I'm hearing it may be a battle-damaged Boba Fett or it may be a Boba Fett with the Empire Strikes Back colors. Because when dealing with a Sumsum, you really have to pay attention to the colors of the gauntlets and a few stripes there to see if it's an Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi Boba Fett Sumsum. Yeah, I just like to say Sumsum. I think they're kind of cute, though, so if we're going to get up at 2 a.m., I'm going to get something out of it. That kind of goes along with what I'm hearing that the Disneyland and maybe Disney World will have. They've been teasing a special R5 unit, possibly for their Build-A-Droid series, that has the May the 4th colors of yellow, white, and black. And so there may be that exclusive figure hitting on this Wednesday. When did we get national colors and a flag for May the 4th? The moment Disney Lucasfilm decided to take an internet-created event and brand it. I also think you should keep an eye on Sideshow Collectibles and or Hot Toys. Hot Toys has been teasing an FN2187, the Finn and the Stormtrooper outfit, Hot Toy figure. And there's not been a whole lot of word about releases, but this feels to me like the kind of figure they would make an exclusive or a movie promo edition or something because you've got the Finn. God knows that all of these stormtroopers are out there. But to take this kind of kit bash and repaint of the helmet, they've shown enough pictures of it and things that I'm wondering if May the 4th is going to be FN2187's release day. So keep that credit card handy. And then Super 7, if you live near one of their stores Uh, where are their stores joe you were telling me about this i believe there's two in san francisco and one in san diego are the only stores that they actually have Uh, they're having a special may the fourth special in store where they have uh, 20 percent off of their clothing i'm not sure if that's online deal as well uh, but it definitely if you go to their store you can get the 20 percent off their clothing as well as they're going to have some vintage figures and uh, vintage foreign movie posters and there's one that they have on their website that's like six foot tall and four foot wide an Italian poster but they're going to be selling those in their store as well it's kind of interesting uh, just to go and look at if you're in the San Diego or San Francisco area and finally I think they kind of timed this to be released with May the 4th as well on Tuesday May the 3rd 
the next Star Wars novel in the new canon is coming out, Bloodline by Claudia Gray. A lot of buzz going on about this one, especially since Episode 8 director Ryan Johnson had some input into it. Brock will be here giving us a review of that on our next show. And speaking of reviews, now also hitting stores lately, though, have been the latest 6-inch Black Series figures with Episode 7 Han and the Flame Trooper and A New Hope Luke. I just got those in in the mail this week. And so Marvelicious Toys co-host Justin joined Marjorie and I in the studio to take a look at those figures. So joining us now is our Marvelicious Toys co-host Justin. And we're going to be taking a look at Waves 5 and 6, well, at least the new figures of them, in the Black Series 6-inch. So welcome, Justin. Hey, how you doing? So two Waves, seven figures. Did you find these in stores or did you get them from Dorkside Toys? I was actually lucky enough to find the uh, Soka and Kanan wave in Target one time like a month ago, and I haven't seen anything even remotely letting me know that they've been there again. So, yeah, that wave has been pretty thin in the air. And I was also lucky to grab a, an extra set on Amazon one time, too. So, but yeah, finding those in the stores is quite the trick. Yeah, I've seen these up and down on Amazon. Blink and you miss it, especially the Ahsoka. I'm surprised I've not seen any of these in stores, especially when you see like the Flame Troopers two per case and the Han is one per case, but in both waves. He's a carry forward figure. Yeah, Han's not sticking around like I thought he would be. You know, he I've seen him a few times. He hasn't been terribly hard to find. Flame Trooper, I could go pick you up eight or nine of those right now. He's the one who who happens to peg warm. I've not seen any of these in the stores at all right now. I was just wondering, didn't you text me one time you saw Django and an FN2187? Oh, that's right, I did. I saw them. And that's it. That's all that was left. And that was at a Walmart about two weeks ago. Yeah. And it was painful to not have you get them because I didn't have them in hand yet. But I got my cases in this past week from Dorkside Toys. You know, it's crazy. I haven't been with you guys to talk about Star Wars 6-inch for, for a few years now. And it's it's funny to watch how it's gone from... Some people being kind of interested and buying a few here and there to all of a sudden they're the hottest things in the Star Wars property right now. <laughs> Everything is hard to find. It is. That's never really changed, though. And I'm still not sure if it means that collectors are buying in mass or if it means that Hasbro is still just shipping very low quantities. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a little bit of both, but I think it's also brought a lot of new collectors in as well. I mean, you see things that sat around forever those first year or two of the line that are now shooting up in price. You know, look at that Anakin that came out. He was everywhere for a long time. And I think he's like 60, 70 bucks on on the secondary market. Yeah, those early ones are absolutely crazy. I'm glad I didn't wait to get in. I think that it is bringing in a lot of new collectors. I think that also, seriously, I know a lot of classic collectors who just refuse to make the jump to six inch they've collected three and three quarter inch since 78 or thereabouts and that is their collecting focus they're not very happy with their collecting focus by and large right now but they just don't go to the six inch figures and me i'm agree i'm liking what they're doing with some of the three and three quarter inch sculpts like the takadano set we were talking about but 
I think I'm finding a lot of fun in diversifying. Like we talked about the Figyards figure last week, and I may have gotten five or six or seven more in the past week. <laughs> I have been getting an international package every day. Is it wrong to troop build Figyards? Because I might be. Uh, it's, you know, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. But I, you know, I've thought about picking up another one of the the first order stormtroopers because they are so darn awesome. I now have two of them plus the heavy gunner one, and I've got two battle droids. Nice. Plus Darth Maul, Obi-Wan. My point of this is just that I'm finding a lot of excitement in all areas of Star Wars, but as far as what's coming from Hasbro, they were so excited to announce that the Black Series 6-inch was the number one selling Star Wars collectible and boys' toy, and again, like I said when we reviewed the Figure Arts Stormtrooper last show, you're going to get a depth of characters here that you're never going to get on Figure Arts. Yeah, same same way over in the Marvel side, and that's that's what makes, you know, a nice nice room for both types of collectors. Or if you're like us, you just get them all anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So let's go through these, and I find it kind of funny because there's like three figures per wave, and Han's kind of bridging the gap because he's in both. Was he a carry forward? He was. <laughs> I have to admit that I don't look at these waves the same way I look at, at Marvel releases, because in Marvel, you get six, seven figures, and you put all the pieces together, and you get an extra figure. Well, there's no build-a-piece figure pieces here, so the waves are generally, what, three or four figures? Usually three. Yeah, here we've got four figures in the first wave and three in the second, if you count Han as being part of the wave five. Okay. The wave five case came with two flame troopers, never hurts to have a second, Django Fett, FN2187, Han Solo from The Force Awakens, and then Captain Phasma. Oh, yeah. Phasma started showing back up again. Then wave six came with two snow troopers, because they played such a big part in the movie. <laughs> And Han. So half that case was carry forward. And then Ahsoka, Kanan, and Luke. Meaning those figures are just going to be really hard to find unless they also carry forward. Well, right. As far as we know, that's the last wave in this line look. Yeah, because I had an order placed with another distributor for wave seven and received a notice that it was canceled. So I guess they're holding off maybe till Force Friday? Ah. <sighs> It could be a long summer of nothing on the shelves or, you know, a long summer of Hasbro taking that opportunity to get some of these harder to find figures back out there again. We'll have to we'll have to see how they do it. Well, let's go through these in order. The first figure we have here, figure 15. It's hard to believe that we're still at such a low number since the last Force Friday. But our 15th figure, Django Fett. Kind of out from nowhere, I guess he has some dedicated fans, doesn't he? I'm going to give him credit for still doing prequels, because honestly, it feels like the prequels, we don't want to talk about it, but we're just going to just move on and start the healing. Well, Django Fett, he's still cool no matter where he came from. Yeah, I mean, I love the prequels when we were talking about the figures. Half the figures I own are prequel figures. So, Django Fett, I don't know that he ever got his due, but... Did he have a do? Yes, he had a do. Okay. He did the do. <laughs> he was extreme. <laughs> but I'm going to just say right now, I often, and I will later this show, give Hasbro some guff about his human likenesses, but this is a really spot on Tamura Morrison head. Oh, definitely. Oh, wow. They nailed the, the sculpt here for sure. 
I mean, just overall, the aesthetic of this figure, from the silver to the armor, and unlike Phasma, his was never reflective. So I think they got the silver right here. It's nice and shiny. His face, they didn't do that silly painted-on-scar stuff they did in the three-and-three-quarter-inch line in 2002. Do you remember that, where they, like, paint a red stripe and call it a scar? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and they got the dent in the helmet, the guns. I, this is just a good-looking figure. Now, I was going to ask you about that dent. Is that dent meant to be there, or is that from this getting put into the packaging and then deformed? Nope. If you look at the Geonosis Arena, Django Fett has a dent right in that location. All right. That makes me feel a little bit better, because I have a couple of these, and both of them have a dent right there. I'm like, no, is this just bad packaging, or is it supposed <laughs> to be there? I've seen a lot of bad packaging in my life, Justin, but I've never seen one that dented a figure. Bent a lightsaber or a gun a few times, but never a big dent. Bent this gun, in fact, as it's kind of droopy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do like the way the helmet fits right on the head nicely. It fits nice and snug, and it doesn't look oversized for a removable helmet. Nor does his head look too small when you take it off. They did a good job with the scale. I disagree with you because I was looking at it before I knew it was a removable helmet. I was like, oh, that helmet's awful large. What's going on under there? <laughs> I think it's just, I think it's a little big. Let me split the difference and say, I think it's about as good as they can do if they don't want to do swappable heads. But man, that helmet and on FN2187, it is a snug fit that makes me worry about if you over time put the helmet on and off, maybe paint wear, maybe even wearing down the nose of the figure. Oh, yeah. Luckily, he's cast in skin color plastic there, so you're not going to wear any paint off of there. He's not going to look like the Lincoln Monument at Lincoln's Tomb where everybody <laughs> rubs the paint off the nose. <laughs> no, but you might make a bald spot on the back of his head, so that's <laughs> that's where you might want to be concerned. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you guys might be concerned about that as well. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I've always complimented the Black Series on is they try to give you the ultimate figure. You know, if they give us a Darth Maul, they're going to give us a Darth Maul that's Tatooine-cloaked Darth Maul, final duel Darth Maul. They're not going to try to double dip because they're changing an accessory or two. With Jango Fett, they only gave us the one backpack. They didn't give us the big missile-firing backpack. Yeah, I thought about that, and then I guess the customizer me said, well... If I had to, I could always give him Boba Fett's and repaint it. So that accessory is out there and it exists. I'm kind of glad we got the different one here. They would have been nice to get both since they have the mold. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they would have fitted in the bubble, but it's like the first time I feel that if they were going to give us every accessory, they'd have to double dip. Now, speaking of the backpack, I like what they did here as far as fitting it in with three pegs rather than just one. Because it keeps it in place. It it almost makes it look like the straps are there on purpose to keep it in there. No, that's very good because I've had so many backpacks and things like that where, you know, they're at a 20 degree angle or something. And this makes sure that it is on exactly as it should be. If we're going to talk about the sculpts and everything, though, my one minor, minor complaint is that all the straps, and I'm glad they put them there, but there's straps on the elbows that are like wires that go to his gauntlets and straps around the leg because he's a gunslinger and has the belt with the dual holsters. It does a little bit impede some of the posability. There's a lot of range, more than I'd expect, but 
you got a double hinged elbow here and you're not going to be able to use it. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's double hinged. It might just be ball jointed. But yeah, that's that's the problem I'm going to have with a lot of the Star Wars six inch figures is they don't give us a lot of elbow joints. So you don't get very good posability with a lot of the arms. I guess I got confused. It's got like a bicep swivel a quarter inch above the elbow. <laughs> and so I just thought that was all elbow movement. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a strange thing to do here. They did it with Boba Fett, I believe, and here with Django. But yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I guess my only problem with it, like I said, is you can't even make really a 45 degree angle. I can do about a 90 degree. Are we are we arguing arithmetic? I, I, do you want his arm to be acute? <laughs> I think I think it's nice. <laughs> To be able to have that option. <laughs> a double-hinged elbow would give you that option. True. I do agree. Some of this does limit the posability. He stands really well, though, and I can still get some great shots out of him. I can kind of recreate. His neck doesn't tilt much, but the helmet does. You can kind of turn the head up and down that way and recreate some of the flying shots from the battle on Camino. Yeah, his, if you don't have his helmet on, you get some great range of motion, but that helmet does definitely stop quite a bit of it. And one final compliment, the paint job on this is just awesome. I love the weathering and the wash given to the armor. Really kind of makes it look a little bit like it's seen some action. I agree. I think this might be, despite the larger helmet, the best Django Fett figure we've gotten. I don't know that it has a lot of competition. No, I'm digging a little bit of detail on on his boots. They even gave him silver highlights around his soles. Hmm. Yeah, my biggest complaint is that he's got limp guns because of how cheap the plastic is they use <laughs> and how they were in the bubble. But beyond limp guns, it is pretty close to a definitive Django fat. Yep, and those guns will probably straighten out over time. I've had mine open for a while now, and they were bent when I got them, but now neither one of them look wonky at all. Then figure 16, as I mentioned, shipping two per case. We've got the Flame Trooper, and he is really taking me back in time to, like, toys I used to collect as a kid. Maybe a listener can help jog my memory. I had, it I might have been a Smurfs figure, where he was like a fireman, and he had a backpack with a little hose, and I actually could fill that backpack with water, and then, like, squirted out the gun. And this is what this is reminding me of, because it came with this big, like, hollow plastic backpack you put on with the little hose that you have to plug into the gun. Now, this one doesn't fill with water, sadly. <laughs> but <laughs> You had weird toys. Yeah, that doesn't sound familiar to me. I, I was thinking it kind of reminded me of an old G.I. Joe accessory, the flamethrower guy from the G.I. Joe line. Yeah, yeah. But if you want to go from a drastic difference, we go from some well-lived-in, well-worn armor to the whitest of white plastics. It is very white. And surprisingly, the whites are pretty much matching on this one, whereas usually there's a little bit of a variation just for the nature doing whites and blacks. Although I want to say that the wash on this looks like it's dirty. They're all scratched up. Have you noticed that? Like it's on the legs... It's on his chest plate. I don't know if it's just ours, but he looks all scratchy. Huh. I wonder if you guys got a weird one because mine is just pristine white. There's no wash. I There are some scratches in the mold on ours, or we just got a scratched up one. Like on the thigh, 
where it doesn't have the black strap, looking at it in the light, it looks kind of like a cat clawed it. And this is brand new out of the package. Hmm. There's definitely some, you know, relief marks that go down his thigh and some dots. No, no, no. These are... These are... Scratches. They're like at a 45 degree angle. Here we go with the angles again. Yeah, you might just have a bad one there. I'm noticing a little bit of marbling in some of my plastic where, you know, it's not solid white all the way through. There's like a little bit of an off-color white swirled in there, but it's not totally noticeable. As far as the matching goes, the only thing that doesn't really match to my eye is the backpack looks slightly grayer than the figure. Yeah, a little bit. Yep, same here. And as far as the sculpt goes, I mean, this is a radical difference trooper he's got this big chest plate that the others don't have he's got different leg armor i mean this i believe to be a completely new sculpt it's not reuse with just a different helmet and accessory yeah no i was looking for the parts that might have been shared from the other troopers like possibly his feet or you know his shin armor or even where his his wrist gauntlets are and they all seem to be unique to this figure there's just slight little differences that aren't on both versions. And I really like that they went through the detail of giving him the little ribbing in the neck, too. Oh, nice. And his little turtleneck. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But if those are the pluses, the minuses, I'm not sure how they could have done it a little better, but the paint on his helmet looks kind of faint, for lack of a better term. Like, it's not clearly defined. It barely shows up, you know? It's almost like a weird kind of mushroom head with just a little bit of lines on it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure how to feel about that because I'm not entirely sure how many of these lines are supposed to represent reliefs in the helmet and how many are supposed to be decoration. And I think it's a mixture of both. I guess I'm not familiar enough with the prop to to know what this is supposed to be, but it does look a little sloppy. It almost looks hand done in places. And it's probably the prop, but the eye slit is so small, and then when you shrink that down to a toy size, it becomes almost like a weird pencil line. Hmm. In ours, it looks like they ran out of paint on their brush and just never finished it in some <laughs> spots. But I'm looking at, like, Hasbro's official photos, and they look about the same. Yeah, I mean, it's not incredibly terrible on mine, where it gets a little weird as they're on the back. The lines start to converge closer to one another in a non-symmetric way which is a little off-putting. But that's those are some very fine lines, and I don't know how they would be able to do it any better. Yeah. I also have a little trouble getting the gun in his hand. I have to keep undoing the hose, putting it in his hand, clicking the hose back in there, and if it falls out, I'm just not able to make this hose look good, I suppose. Well, I'll tell you this. I've had this figure on display for, for a while now, and his hose hangs naturally now, because it's a softer more malleable plastic, almost a rubbery type of feel. So, you know, with yours being fresh out, it might take a little while. But yeah, this one gave me a little bit of trepidation when we were going to get it out to review because I was like, dang it, it took me like 20 minutes to get that gun in his hand properly. I gave up. It <laughs> fell out while I was holding it. And I'm like, just screw it. He can lay it down on the ground next to him. <laughs> Looks like I have a project for this weekend. I'll be reposing my flame trooper. It's going to take you all weekend also. <laughs> A little problematic. I mean, the gun looks good. I think the gun has more detail on him than necessarily the trooper with the little red dots and the little silver dots around the stock, if I'm using that term correctly. Yeah, I believe so. I'm not a I'm not a weapons expert by any means, but 
I follow what you're saying as far as the detail they put in there. That's that's impressive. And they put little red dots on the on his tank as well. Where I'm a little concerned with this figure, but I don't know how you fix it, is because he's such a heavily armored trooper. Like even the articulation he has seems to be somewhat limited by his own armor. Yeah, I was just trying to get that iconic pose of the flame trooper on Jakku when he was burning down the village, and you just can't do it. I'm not able to get a two-handed firing pose here. And even the Hasbro official photos, he's just like single-handedly like, eh, I'm just going to spray fire everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. I'll, I'll take some pictures with him holding his gun with both hands. but I can get him in both hands, but it doesn't look like a good, like, I'm firing in front of me. Yeah, he's firing off to the side. Mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, it's, he's got double-hinged knees that I just can't seem to get to bend all the way back. Oh, mine go, I mean, I can't get his ankles to touch his thighs, but I Why get, would you need that? I definitely get him in, like, a downward dog position. All right. Overall, I'm just kind of middling on this figure. He's not a bad figure by any means, but if I wasn't a completist, because of the lack of posability, the trooper's lack of importance in the film i mean he had a couple cool scenes but he's not like when i think of the force awakens the flame trooper isn't the first thing to come to mind right and that's what's kind of cool about the fact that he's out there it's like you know this is this is a trooper where if they decided to put him out there they could have taken a lot of shortcuts to get him out there but it seems to be an all-new sculpt and like you said for such a minor character it's cool that they did it then our next figure finn fn 2187 and this was a figure I wanted the moment I saw this movie was Finn, the stormtrooper with the bloody fingers across the helmet. This is pretty cool that they released this one. I thought for sure that this would end up being, you know, not safe enough, but they I certainly took the, you know, how if you're watching a PG 13 movie versus an R, the blood isn't quite as red. Well, they've taken that another step and this is the PG version of the PG 13 force awakens as what's on his face looks... Burgundy? Yeah, it it's like he lost paintball, not like somebody bled on him. Do you bleed <laughs> mauve and burgundy? Yes. <laughs> I'm just glad it wasn't somebody with green blood or something. <laughs> but no, I was excited to get this figure. But I'm going to look at you, Justin. Is this like the Wave 1 Stormtrooper with the Wave 1 fin head put on and a new accessory with the helmet? <laughs> See, I... I was expecting nothing more than that. I was expecting them to just pop Finn's head on there and call it good. But I'm actually impressed. They have somehow taken the majority of the Wave 1 Stormtrooper and made him shorter. If you hold the two next to each other, he is much shorter in the torso than the, the average trooper. Wow. And I can't tell if it's just an optical illusion or not, but his legs seem like they might just be a skosh smaller as well. But that that could be just my eyes playing a trick on me. But I think they did the same thing with the Han and Luke stormtroopers back a year or two ago. The Luke was a little bit shorter. That's true. That is true. So, okay. So they've redone this a little bit. That's really awesome. Yep. And on top of that, I don't know if you've ever tried to take the, the helmet off of a standard trooper, but it's, it's really in there. It's on a little tiny peg. That's super duper solid in there. Here they have a whole, Totally new redone neck and put a human neck on there for Finn so that that top part is reworked as well. All right. Well, that is pretty impressive. 
Yep. And one other thing I would say about this is they figured out the paint problems with the white paint over the black parts of the belt. It's much crisper, much cleaner white here. Whereas the original release, you can really see the black coming through on that that white paint. You have a much keener eye for that than I do. I didn't have any problem with the belt on that one. This one, no, it looks really sharp, though. And as Marjorie mentioned with the Flame Trooper, the whites here all seem to match, including on the more rubbery helmet and the more plasticky chest. And it's possible, you know, as they go through, they can make slight improvements to it, especially if this one's shorter. It could be just totally different. And I do believe it's just the same fin head, but looking at mine, it seems to have like a little bit of a redness in his eyes. Like maybe he's, his eyes are reflecting a fire or something. Or he's crying. Crying and his pupils turn red. Yeah, mine, I think that's just brown eyes. And we're looking at it way too closely and the paint isn't all that clean and it's brown over white. Yeah, it's not like they're trying to do Sith eyes or anything. No, but that would be awesome. <laughs> Episode 8 spoiler. <laughs> And they included the little thigh blaster like the main Stormtrooper had, which was one of the things that made me think it was a reused body. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely reused parts here, but they were impressive with making it true enough to the character to not just be a straight kit bash. Have you noticed any uh, difference in the articulation between the two troopers then? No, I mean, him having the shorter torso limits his mobility just slightly, but... Outside of that, it's the same same exact articulation as the previous release. All right. Well, if that's the big deal of this wave, then the old man is Han, our Force Awakens Han Solo. <laughs> and I got to say, they did him no favors on this box. That box looks like it, he's one hat away from selling me oatmeal. Ooh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All of that artwork is not very forgiving for most people. But when you start trying to draw wrinkles in, in line art, ugh, that gets a little bit, a little bit tricky. I'm trying to remember what politician he reminds me of. I think it's Reagan. Uh, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> but the figure itself, I'm actually surprised. I don't look at it and go, that's not Harrison Ford. This is the most lifelike Harrison Ford sculpt Hasbro has ever done, hands down. Down to the lifeless look in the eyes of, am I getting paid yet? I was going to say, he's got this, like, are you effing kidding me look? <laughs> Mine does. Mine has, like, the eyes rolling in his head. It's more Crystal Skull Harrison Ford than it is Force Awakens Harrison Ford, because that was, like, the first movie in 20 years that he acted well in. <laughs> yeah, but Hasbro has a, a long history of not quite getting Harrison Ford's likeness correct. There's always something a little bit weird about it, but here... They nailed it. It might not be painted perfectly well, but the sculpt is there. Yes, it is. I'm glad I have two, though. It looks like mine has a skin tag on his ear. Uh, that's the cancer variant. <laughs> a little bit of brown hair on there? <laughs> no, literally like hanging plastic, like it wasn't cut right. Oh, oh weird. <laughs> I've never seen that on a figure before. Well, that's his Callista Flockhart earring. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think that it really, really looks the part. And the outfit is really well done, too. I, on screen, it was really easy to look at Harrison Ford and be like, well, he's in that Han Solo outfit, right? He's got the belt with the pentagonal buckle. He's got the coat with the white shirt underneath. But seeing it in a toy makes me realize how different it is and how brown it is. Yeah, he's he's very earth-toned here. Oh, mine's really got crappy paint. Do you have paint on the butt? Uh, 
On his actual butt butt? Yeah, on his actual butt butt. I've got, like, dripped paint. Oh, no. Watch your arm around that drink. But it's yeah, empty. He does have saggy old man pants. Oh, my God, he does. You're right. <laughs> but, yeah, he's got... Well, maybe he had an accident. <laughs> he sat in some pudding or something. I'm glad I got two of these, because this one's junk. Well, save that crappy one for the custom that you'll make when you drill a hole through his chest and put Kylo's sword through it. Oh. I was... You... you you read my mind. I was like, this has everything except the little saber trap door. <laughs> well, what I'm digging here is, you know, this is once again an all new sculpt. They didn't take any of the pieces from the previous A New A New Hope Han. They made a coat that's accurate to the to the movie. And same with his pants. I don't know if you can if it's like this on yours, Justin, but our right leg is all cockeyed because of I assume the harness. No, I mean, you could fix that. I tried, and I didn't want to force it. There. Okay. It, it, he's got tight thigh articulation. Okay, I didn't want to break him. You know, when you're a little older, the thighs don't move the way they used to. Yeah, you can really break a hip. <laughs> but at the same time, it's it's weird because it still is that cut articulation there. But Marjorie's right. If you turn it too far, you're going to snap his holster out of that peg. Yep. Now, looking at his blaster. I got some problems with the blaster. <laughs> <laughs> What is it? Is it the part of the scope that's going the other way? <laughs> is yours? Is yours a little wonky again? Mine is bent down like it needs a blue pill. Aww, geriatric Han and his his limp blaster. And <laughs> the scope is pointed upwards, so it's really not good in that. And f- couldn't they have dipped the tip in silver paint? That's like the iconic thing about Han's blaster is the silver mu- muzzle. That's what I was going to say. They went to this extra effort to not only do brown on the handle, but also a little bit of gold. But no, no silver. Forego the gold next time on the handle, which we don't see when he's holding it. I never even noticed that until you pointed it out, but I noticed no silver. (laughs) So weird. And this seems like it might be a new sculpt of his gun as well, when they probably could have just used the one from a new Hope Han. They probably could have, but I'll give them the detail of doing this. You know, I think that there are some differences in the prop that may be reflected here. I don't remember this side piece on the old blaster. That's Hmm. like on the inside of the gun part of the scope. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm looking at the prop. There was silver around the notch, but the actual muzzle was black. And then like some of the black had worn off to show silver. So this may not be that inaccurate. Was it Luke's, Bespin Luke's version of this gun that had the silver tip? Is that what we're remembering more? Well, no, Han's classic DL-44 had a silver tip. Okay. So this is in-universe, not necessarily his original gun. Right. All right. This may not be a DL-44. I'd have to ask Pablo Hidalgo. (laughs) But yeah, the, uh, the other one, the harness came off it wasn't attached to his leg like this he had a different holster as well because he had that storm remember you could change the stormtrooper belt to the right cowboy belt yep so his whole belt was you can unbutton it in the back and take it off this is attached somehow at least by glue if not by a glued down peg at some point but no i for some reason i just wish they would have given the face a little bit more of a wash for some reason mine just looks like the skin tone is the only thing I don't like about this figure. He's way too fleshy, and it just he doesn't have any color is the problem. Yeah, he looks ill. Yeah. And the way they tried to make gray hair didn't really work out here. He just looks like he has really, really light brown hair. Yeah. 
he's kind of like me. If I look at him in just the right light, some silver strands glint. <laughs> he was a lot more great than that. Perhaps it's just his vanity. Well, for all the little dings, I will say that this coat and the paint job on this coat are very impressive. I mean, it looks like worn leather. Oh, absolutely. I, I, the back, the sleeves, and the fact that they've done where, like, the coat is split into two pieces, the arms are molded, but then he's wearing basically a sleeveless vest to complete the coat look. But it works on this figure. Unless I r- raise his arms up and I can see the shirt in the <laughs> armpit area. <laughs> well, just don't do that. Yeah, I can't do the we've-just-been-captured pose. <laughs> No, I really, really love this figure, and honestly, it bests Django for my favorite of Wave 5, barely. Oh, wow. It's Han, then Django, then FN. Nothing against FN, I just, I don't, I didn't feel enough newness, and the paint wasn't red enough, but I love those three figures all together, and the Flame Trooper in last place. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of everything in this wave. I, I dig them all, because... One thing that's completely different here from collecting Marvel Legends, they don't have the ability on the Star Wars side to take pieces and parts from other figures and make new figures that often. You know, you'll see it here and there with troops, but when we're reviewing Marvel Legends, the whole time we're looking for where this piece come from, where that leg come from. Here, it's all new sculpts all the time, which is really, really neat. I concur. You've said it wonderfully. And speaking of all new sculpts, let's get into the next wave. Three new figures there. Figure 19, Kanan Jarrus from Rebels. Our first time getting animated series figures in the Black Series 6-inch line. Yeah, and to a pretty neat effect. Like, this really makes that character, who we've only ever seen animated, look like a cool, real character. You know, what we wanted them to do with Clone Wars in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Okay, so there's a few things I dig about this figure, but the thing that was surprising to me is that they actually made his lightsaber, which I'm not sure why he does it on the show, but they made it accurate to the three pieces that it takes to put it together. That was the very first thing I did when I got this figure was to see if I could break that apart. The reason is because he's a Jedi in hiding between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. And so he takes it apart so that people don't realize what it is. Right. But by taking off that top part, does it look any less like a lightsaber? I mean, it still looks like a lightsaber to me. Yeah, it's a lightsaber. (laughs) Maybe it's a hydro spanner. (laughs) It's just a screwdriver. (laughs) But I do like that those little pieces then have a place to go on his belt. You can pop the little top part on the front side of his belt. There's a little T-shape. I don't know if you see that. Yep. And that goes right in there. That's pretty awesome. I didn't notice the belt. I noticed all the parts. I didn't notice the little... I noticed the saber itself, the hilt could go in the back. I didn't notice the little T part. Yeah, so now all you have to do is worry about not losing the removable blade. No, I think that's a very cool detail. And I want to, again, give them some credit on the sculpt. This thing is incredibly detailed from the ribbing, for lack of a better term, on his boots to the texture of his pants and his shirt to the smoothness of his armor parts. Yeah, definitely. And just the different levels of paint as well. You know, they've gone and given him different levels of metallic paint for the armor and, you know, different flat paints. Then we have all the different flat paints for his pants and boots and shirt. And I love the 
paint they gave on that armor too with that insignia on it and the way it looks a little faded and worn like you know it's it's seen some action and had to last a while yeah i mean all in all and actually you know what i dig his return of the jedi feeling blaster too doesn't that feel like something from return of the jedi yeah it kind of looks like one of jabba's skiff guards or something yeah looks like they gave a little bit of weathering there too like it's got a little bit of a metallic wash over it yeah it's it it feels like it has a depth to it, a little metallic feel, which again, I'm going to say the same thing I said about Han. I wish they'd done that with his skin. <laughs> Doesn't seem like they do a lot of weathering on the skin here. They let the, the plastic be the color of the skin in this line, and that's about it. I know. For so, I don't know why. I think it's because I'm looking at some of the best detailed outfits Hasbro has ever done on these figures that I'm like, wow, that skin looks really mannequin-y. I think they might have scared themselves off when they tried it with that original Ray release where she had just way too red of cheeks. There was a lot wrong with that original Ray release. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, you know what? This ends up being a really cool figure for something I didn't think I would care about. You know, on paper, looking down the line, it's like, oh, there's a Kanan coming out. But as a figure, it works really well. Plus, now you have the absolute perfect head for your hipster custom of whatever you want with the man ponytail <laughs> and the goatee. <laughs> Looks like a young Eddie Vedder here. No, not at all. Come on. No. There's one thing I know. It's Eddie Vedder. Maybe Stone Gossard. Is that who I'm thinking it's of? It's more Stone Gossard. Stone has a really big nose. And Stone always wore his um, hair in a ponytail. I think that's who you're thinking of. It's Stone all Gossard. Right. One of those dudes in Pearl Jam. Yeah, I don't see Eddie Vedder in him either. But I'm not quite sure who I see. I'm now starting to fixate on that goatee and think of a singer but i don't know quite who but i don't want that to sound like a negative review of this figure i i so jazzed that they are bringing in the rebel series and expanding this black series line i started this series of reviews saying you're going to get a depth you will never get in a different line and this proves it as does our next figure also from rebels kind of ever so slightly maybe from <laughs> clone wars not in this outfit with her Rebels likeness, Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, this is all grossed up, Ahsoka. But she's wearing more clothes now that she's grown up. Yeah, she learned modesty in age. Oh, okay. <laughs> she decided boob windows were so pre-Galactic Civil War. <laughs> she went totally the other way with it. She not only doesn't have a boob window, she's got boob armor. Yeah. <laughs> How does that even stay on? That's not even practical. Is it strapped on? It's like yeah. a vest, kind of? It's kind of weird. Not entirely sure. Now, I'm loving the sculpt of this figure. It's incredibly well sculpted. But I have to ask you this. On yours, are her legs a little rubbery? Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Like, I can't get her to stand up properly without thinking she's going to fall over. No, I have the same problem. I'm having real trouble also posing the ankles because she's got these little, like, boot toppers. Yeah, and siders. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, on the side, but over the top of the boot. And it feels like I can't get her left foot to point straight i'm having a real battle with it there i finally worked it into position but she does not stand exceptionally well she's got really tiny feet too yeah these are dainty dainty feet like almost the size of a three and three quarter inch figure feet i'm gonna call it out though this is one of the best uses of soft goods i've seen in the black series six inch figures because it's just a little bit of her tunic at the bottom yeah they've done this with uh previous Jedi. They did it with Obi-Wan and Anakin both had this little underskirt. But neither looked this good. No, you're right, because this is part of her outfit rather than trying to be the the continuation of her their upper clothing. 
Yeah, it's just like she's got a mini skirt on. Yeah, it seems more natural here. And because it's not, it's just a simple tube, it's not billowing in weird spots, so that actually really does work. Now, here's a problem that we often have when we're reviewing female figures over on Marvelicious. When they have long hair or a ponytail, it looks cool, but forget about articulation or movement. They really, really should have, and I, I don't know if it would have looked right, but given a hinge to her back head tail. I was just thinking if you could twist it, if you could flip it a little bit, but the way it is, you can't turn her head side to side at all. You might as well have her in a neck brace. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if any movement you get is stopped by that back tail. What are you going to do? I mean, that I guess you could put a hinge in there, but I wish they could solve the problem and do something for the other women that have hair. What they did with her, though, is that head tail goes right about down to the mid-waist articulation. So you try to turn the head, you just turn the entire torso. <laughs> well, that works, too. That's what I do. I don't turn my head. I just move my torso. <laughs> but while that is a negative, let me just really compliment the paint on this with the head, with all of the little blue lines on all of these leku and the white lines on her face. My paint is pretty dang clean on this. Yeah, the white lines on her face on my sample are very good, and her front leku are nice and crisp. When I turn it around, it gets a little bit blurry in some spots, but, you know, nothing to get too upset about. Yeah, I got a little spot, like, at the very top tip of her leku where it, like, comes into pointy horns. Yeah. A couple little blue spots there, but from that all the way down to... The silver on her wrist armor with the yellow dots. The silver on the hooks where she can put her saber hilts. All of it. I wish that that chest armor was a little more ornate instead of just having a red and a yellow dot. But outside of that, this is a good looking figure. Just the first one in a long time to make me wish they still came with figure stands. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a big plus here. But yeah, as far as detail goes, they've got it going on here. I mean, if you look at her, I guess you would call it a tunic, the thing that goes over her miniskirt. There's little tiny sculpted detail that looks almost like, you know, ancient artwork. Yeah, and they've got it tipped in silver, too, and it looks really nice. And they did a good job on the paint on that part, too. They stayed in the lines on the silver. Yeah, because it's just outlining the shape of those things. And those are a little ridge, too, where the silver is. And, again, they stayed within the lines. Very nicely done, Hasbro. Yeah. And, and I see, I mean, the little tribal stuff, it's, it's like imprinted in the plastic or molded in the plastic. Yeah. Yeah. It almost needs a wee bit of a wash to make it stand out, though. Because, I mean, from standing far away, I can't see it, and I have to, like, really hold it close. Maybe it's me. Yeah, it could, it could probably benefit from that. And I don't know if I would suggest trying it at home, because you might just make it look dirty and not... not realistic but it's just a neat little detail they popped in there that they didn't necessarily have to now the one place where hasbro i could just envision their entire design department sitting around like ah crap how do you want to do that her white bladed lightsabers they're like yeah let's just go with milky clear that's good enough <laughs> yeah it's even painted it's gonna look funky yeah they just feel like sad glow sticks that are done glowing <laughs> <laughs> the rave is over. It's the next morning. Uh, I think they could have done something else. They could have done pearlescent or something, but because 
the way they do lightsabers is translucent to allow the light to shine through, and then they wanted white, their answer is kind of milky. Yeah, I mean, almost has a slight blue tinge to it, I would say. Ever so slightly. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was just the fact that I'm looking at it near a computer monitor. No, it looks blue. Here's where I am going to ding it. They really cheaped out on her hilts. They have used the most soft, pliable plastic here, and I don't understand why. Because that's the only way you can get her in her tiny hands? Uh, Maybe, I mean... Although her fingers are pretty rubbery, too. Yeah, this is not the first lightsaber that they've done in this line by a long shot. No. This is the most rubbery, non-rigid plastic they have ever used on these things. Admittedly, it's almost like a joke saber. Like, it is that bendy. (laughs) It's like when you see in the movies where people have, like, prop guns that are rubber, and they try to pretend they're real guns, and then something happens and the hilt just bends in half. (laughs) Maybe some flowers will come out the end. But I'm glad that they did do the two sabers, you know? They did the curved one and with the longer blade and the Shoto one with the shorter blade. I think if I were to improve this figure, I'd give her a figure stand, give her somehow white blades, and then her facial expression is so dang neutral. And that's, when I think of her in the new series, she's fierce, you know? Yeah, but I think that's kind of throughout this entire line. You know, I mean, I can't think of any of the Star Wars six-inch figures that have a really expressive face unless it was an alternate head. True. Which they're not doing much anymore. Yeah, I'm just thinking of, like, the Darth Maul, which was the alternate head and everything else. Yeah, you're right. It's all pretty neutral. I'm just, I'm posing her with these sabers because she has two of them and she poses pretty cool, but she looks like she's in a trance. (laughs) Yeah, she looks all stoic. I'm going to get you. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> no, she's totally like, whatevs. Whatevs. <laughs> is the TiVo that was in my contract in my trailer yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, this figure is nearly impossible to find, and for good reason. I mean, it is a, it's a really good figure, and I'm glad I got my hands on it. I, the only improvements I would make is maybe a little bit less rubbery plastic in places. And now let's go to the last figure we're going to review tonight. The only one from the original trilogy that we've had in these two waves, a New Hope Luke Skywalker. Tatooine Luke, and I'll just start off that out of all the figures we've reviewed, there are none I dislike until now. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, because you know this is like my favorite Luke. Yeah, and your favorite character in the series. Your favorite outfit for that character. Yeah, I wouldn't be kissing a picture of this one in a book, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) First of all, his robe is ill-fitting, and it looks like one of those shorty kimono robes that swingers in the 70s wore. (laughs) Well? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and I think George did too. I think that's why Luke was wearing that. (laughs) (laughs) Ever since I got my hands on this figure, I very quickly did the same thing you did, where I was like, yes, oh, what is this? Yeah. What the hell made, is this? It made me start thinking about it because it's like, okay, Hasbro has been down this path before in the three and three quarter inch line. They've given us one with the soft good, you know, tunic that didn't look all that great. And then they also gave it to us sculpted, which also didn't look that great because this outfit has problems. He's got these big billowing sleeves that if you sculpt them, just look weird. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they either look like he's got this giant... Like, thin arm? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, at the end of the day, I think I'm glad they did it this way, because at least you can 
try to fix this a bit. So what I did is I I disrobed Master Luke. <laughs> Does his belt come off? Does it detach? I I've like tucked the tunic around, but I haven't tried removing it completely. Yes, there's I'm trying to remember where it was, but it's been a couple of weeks since I did it, but I was able to get his belt off. Oh, actually, you know what? No, I didn't take his belt off. I slid it through and had to slide it back through when I was putting it on. Yeah, I started playing with this, and I ended up exposing his pectorals, and he ended up looking like Power of the Force 2 Luke. (laughs) But what you want to do, if you want to try to fix this billowing a little bit, I did two things, and it helps some. First thing I did is I took off his his tunic, turned it inside out, and you'll notice that there's an awful lot of excess material where the, the seams are. So I just, I cut away some of that excess material up to the stitching. And then before I put it back on him, I soak it in really warm water for a while. And then when you put it back on him, leave it soaking wet. And then once you get it back through the belt and everything, kind of pose it the way you want it to look and let it dry. It looks a little more natural and less like he's wearing his dad's bathrobe. You know what you could do to even further on that? If you put just a wee bit of starch in the water, it'll be a little stiffer and won't hang so funky in some areas. Yeah, you might be able to sculpt it a little bit while it's wet, and when it dries, it might stay put better. Yeah, because, like, his arms are a little problematic because they made the whole thing like a giant billowy tube, so it looks funny at his upper arms. Yeah. See, it it does look like he's wearing, like, his dad's bathrobe or something, and he's getting ready to get in the hot tub with some girls. (laughs) Well, if I get another one of these, maybe I'll try that little fix trick. To me, that's too close to customization for my only copy of the figure, but... If that was my only problem with this figure, I'd be very happy. But I'm going to just go stop at the head and work my way down. First, the hair is so flatly painted, and so are the pants, so is everything. After all the figures we've reviewed, Han Solo, what an amazing wash. Ahsoka, look at all that paint. Django, my God, best armor ever. Luke, that one color's good enough for the whole pants. <laughs> <laughs> well... I don't know. Were his pants ever really that dirty? He had sand on them. Yeah, he was out in the desert. I mean, you could do something to make this look better. Above where his boots are, and his boots do have a little bit of a wash on them and a couple paint colors going on. But the moment you leave the boots and you go up, it is just so flat. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. And when you add that to this billowy... Now I just can't unsee the hot tub robe, you know? <laughs> Thanks for that. I, I just thought it was too bulky initially, but I'm now sorry. it's like he's about to join James Brown in the hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> gonna get wet. <laughs> it's gonna make me hot. Yeah! All right. Well, I can see those problems. And then I'll raise you the WTF, why this figure gets double hinged elbows. <laughs> When they're just hiding under the biggest damn robe we've ever seen. But you can at least pose him. Yeah. I mean, with the soft goods, you can actually get the mobility out of it that you might not be able to with plastic. Very true. And Very it, true. it's a sign of things to come. I mean, hey, look, double-hinged elbows. Maybe they'll keep doing that. Well, yeah. I mean, scale-wise, they got it right. I mean, this is a short little Luke. You stand next to your Han, and he's shorter than Han like he should be. Now, what frustrates me is he comes with his maculoculars or binoculars or whatever they're called. Macro binoculars. Macro binoculars. And I cannot get him to hold them at all. Okay, I thought it was just me. I can't get him to hold on his belt or in his hands. 
Right. He can't hold him in his hands, and he has this little clip that looks like, oh, yeah, if I lift that up, I can slip it in his belt. Yeah, nope, didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> when I was holding it, it kept falling off, and finally I just got irritated enough and gave Arnie the binoculars, and I'm like, nope. You know what? I think you're right. If I think if I work it, I can put it on. Remember, like, the old 90s when your cell phone had a little holster or you had a pager? <laughs> yes. I, I think that's how he has to wear the macro binoculars. Uh, good luck to you. I tried for quite a bit one day trying to do that, and I just gave up. It is really hard to get that clip in, though, between the belt and the tunic. But I got it. Did you? Yes. On the back? No, on the side, like right next to where the lightsaber hilt goes. All right. And I like that he has a place to hang his lightsaber hilt. The lightsaber itself, it doesn't look like his father's lightsaber. It looks like the one he just bought at Best Buy. It's shiny and new. <laughs> Gave a little bit of detail in there, though. You know, got the little red dot going on in there. Yeah, but no black on the handle. and I think it is there. It's just very it, light. It is not there. <laughs> oh, it is. Just on the very top ridge of it. Oh, it is. It's almost like a lenticular effect. If I don't look at it a certain way, it's gone. Yeah, it, it looks like light's not hitting it, so you can't see it. But hey, the sculpt is there. I think the lightness looks good. And they did give him a slight beach perm type of sun-kissed hairdo there. Well, I always think that they don't do a good job on Mark Hamill action figures for some reason. I don't think we've ever had a really great likeness of him. And I don't know if it's just his face or maybe they're using like a weird picture or whatever. I it will say they got the 70s hair right. But I still don't, I don't think it looks very much like Mark Hamill. No. From, from certain angles, he does look like that, that He-Man 1995 version. Yeah, I, I just keep flashing back to that one. And that's like one of the worst Luke figures ever. <laughs> it was so bad i'm like do i really want to start collecting star wars again Ooh, because <laughs> that was like the only figures and i'm like i want to buy star do i <laughs> 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 and then they released him twice once with that little skiff oh jeez. so yeah the fact that i'm flashing back to that is not great but i do think with a little bit of work the tunic can look good the face isn't bad at a distance. If I hold him up too close, it's bad. But if I just set him down, it's Luke. I wish he could hold the binoculars, but he can't. <laughs> <laughs> they they should have just given him in his hat, and it would have been all right. You yeah, the Gilligan hat. hat. Yep. You know what? I think I actually got the tunic looking not terrible. I've just played with it enough. It, I mean, it's fixable. And if you don't want to do the trim thing, you could do it just by dipping him in water as well you don't have to take it off this is kind of a pain in the butt to get back on i just think that soft goods should be kept for like the big cloaks with the hoods like obi-wan wears versus this i understand what you said about the baggy sleeves but they it just isn't looking great i will give them this though this is like what the fourth or fifth version of luke we've seen in this line and it's yet another new head so at least they're not reusing parts there just to cut corners yeah, because we've had Stormtrooper Luke, X-Wing Luke, Jedi Luke. Bespin Luke, Tauntaun Luke. Stormtrooper Luke. <laughs> yeah. Wow. They've done Luke a lot. You guys sound like... Bubba Gump, I'm just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Scampy, Cajun Luke, <laughs> Luke Hoagie. And that's about all I know about Luke's. How many Hans have they done? <laughs> <laughs> you almost made Arnie spit there. <laughs> And finally, he has his, like, little communicator on the belt, but that doesn't come off, and it would hold in his hand. Yeah, 
And it's kind of hanging there at an odd angle, too. So it's like, what's going on? No, out of seven brand new figures, I like six of them. And Luke, I don't hate it. I just don't like it. I won't even go as far as to say I don't like it. I like it. I just, I think that they could do better, but I don't have suggestions on how. So I'm not going to ding it as bad as you might. So you're not going to armchair action figure sculpt? <laughs> Is that what you're saying, Justin? He already did. He got it open. Yeah. He cut out some of this. Thing. He's yeah. yelling at the package. Fumble! Come on! <laughs> uh, if, if we don't do that, what else are we going to do? Honestly, I'm kind of curious if the figures will ever come out with something like this. I'd be curious how they would handle oh, it. I, haven't they? I, I think they, yeah, they showed one. one. Oh, there's one? You don't have it. I didn't see it. Well, it's not out yet. No. Okay. It's sculpted and it's gorgeous. So yeah, you, uh, it's real and it's spectacular. You said you can't sculpt those sleeves to look right how they hang. Yeah, Bandai did it. <laughs> well, I suppose that'll be the the one to get then because. Can I just tell you how they did it? I'm looking at some of the promotional pictures. You can actually see up the sleeve hole to the arm underneath. It is a separate molded sleeve. Ooh. And the likeness is uncanny. Oh, they, it's amazing. Yeah, they actually got Mark Hamill's likeness down. But again, you it you can't compare the two. I mean, it also comes with a remote that fires at the lightsaber, and if you use the effects, it looks like the remote's floating because it's held up by the lightsaber from another beam. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but it's an $85 figure. Yeah. But it can be done. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and even there, you're going to have a few compromises that I don't know that I'm always willing to make because then you start getting into all this weird articulation around his shoulders and upper arms that just don't look good in hard plastic. Are you seeing the one where he's just straight on and you can see his elbow joints? Uh-huh. That's the one where I was just like, uh, yeah, no. But then look two pictures over with the helmet on. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Like you said, Justin, we don't know what's coming next. These are our last Black Series six-inch figure reviews for a while. Yeah, until Force Friday, this is all they've shown. I mean, they, as far as this line look goes, we know some of the figures coming out on rumors and stuff like that. There's, you know, snow troopers from the classic trilogy, maybe even from Rogue One. Who knows? But there's there's information out there on what's coming. But as far as this current red and black box line. It is over. I wish it was nicer to Luke now. <laughs> what a note to end on. <laughs> well, Justin, thank you for joining us. And listeners, if you've enjoyed hearing the banter between Justin, Marjorie, and I, head over to MarveliciousToys.com, where we do this every other week, talking Marvel toys. That's right. And Justin, now I've baited a trap. When A New Hope Luke comes out, you're going to have to come back and join us. And we'll have to do a comparison. Figure Arts A New Hope Luke versus Black I will series. be there. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. It's always fun to talk Star Wars and break up the, the Marvel talk. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Now, this weekend wasn't just Indiana Comic-Con. Over in the UK, it was Star Wars Family Fun Day, and our official UK reporter, Steve, and his lovely wife, Suzanne, attend every year. Here they are to give us their report from that convention. Greetings, all. This is Steve, the Ginger Prince, UK reporter for Star Wars Action News. And don't mind me, I'm just sitting here, waiting for my Force Awakens steelbook to arrive. But, in the words of Maz Kanata, that's a long story for another time. 
Today, I'm in your ears because it's the 1st of May, 1st of May, Star Wars conventions start today. Or at least they did for Suzanne and I, as we made a quick trip up north for the Star Wars Family Fun Day in Burnley. The SWFFD, as it's known by those of us who love the abbreviated, is a real fixture in the UK convention calendar, having started in 2008 and gone from strength to strength, and it's one of our favourites. The con is held at soon-to-be-promoted Burnley Football Club, and its popularity means it's essential to buy tickets ahead of the event to avoid queuing. The weather here in the UK has been unseasonable at best of late, so the small amount of queuing that we had to do was done in the covered bowels of the stadium, and as usual we were entertained by some great cosplay, from sexy Sith ladies twirling lightsabers to Rodian Jedi. This being my first con since The Force Awakens, I was particularly interested to see whether the cosplayers had taken the new film to heart, and I'm pleased to report that they have. Rey was the most popular, with young girls to ladies my age adopting the three buns and the staff. I suppose it's quite an easy costume to pull off. There were also young Podamarons, First Order Troopers, and a particularly good Kylo Ren, who had a fuzzy lightsaber and everything. Once in the convention, we made a quick decision to shop first, and do autograph second. The convention space isn't big, it's the posh executive lounge of the football ground, so there's only space for 20 or so vendors, but there's always a good variety of stuff up for grabs, especially if you get on it early. Our first stop was old friend Darren from Star's Own Toys, and after chewing the cud with him for a bit, we had a good look round his stall, and each decided to make a purchase. My choice was met with an exclamation of surprise from both Darren and the wife alike. But, but, you don't even like Captain Phasma. Yes, I've been rather outspoken about the good captain and how I accumulated a bucket load of shiny stuff ahead of the film, only to be disappointed with the character. But it's a love-hate relationship I have with Fazzy. As a massive fan of the Phantasm films, after which he was named, I love the idea of a badass chrome trooper, and still have a faint hope that she'll come good in Ep 8. And when faced with a first look at the coat of Bakia RFX 110th scale Phasma, I went all weak at the knees and melted. I love Koto's stuff. I think they're consistently one of the best companies with a Star Wars license, and the snap together art effects is perfect for a guy with no time on his hands like me. So this will be a fine addition to my collection. Suzanne, true to form, went for something that hit both of her sweet spots, an Ewok shirt from the Disney line. Nice. Our next purchases were from a guy who didn't look like a proper seller. I think he was just a cat selling some of his collection, and he did have some lovely stuff. After perusing through his carded vintage and sucking through our teeth at some of the prices he was asking, Suzanne found a carded Wicket W. Warwick figure from the Ewoks cartoon. The figure was on an unpunched card with a little warping in the middle and slight creasing at a corner and two bits of small damage on the bottom. The coin looked fresh as the day it was minted and the figure in great condition. The bubble wasn't yellowed at all, but a little scuffed on the inside in a couple of places. Also, the sellotape holding his staff down had partly come loose. But all in all, this was worth the price that he was asking. While Suzanne dribbled over the wicket, I was busy dribbling over a sealed box of Return of the Jedi Dixie Cups. Now, if you're a long-time listener of the podcast, you'll know that one of my holy grails was the Dixie Cup with Admiral Akbar on. I'd picked up plenty of loose cups from the New Hope and Empire series, but the Return of the Jedi Cups have always been nigh on impossible to pick up over here in the UK, and I was so happy when Arnie sent me the Akbar Cup last year. I was therefore very surprised to see a sealed box of cups here in Burnley, and having tracked these cups on eBay for a couple of years, I knew the price that he was asking wasn't extortionate. 
After a quick chat and a bit of the old Ginger Prince charm, I talked him into taking 30 quid off the combined asking price, and we walked away with a really pleasing deal. At some point in the future, I will open the box of cups, which seems a shame, but the art on these things is just too good to have been hidden for over 30 years, and what's more, they're good for a small nipper whiskey. Our basket wasn't full yet, and there were more Ewoks to come. Suzanne also picked up a fabrications wicket and a vintage wicket watercolour painting set, the latter from our good friend Three Darths. The wicket is my first fabrication. Well, that is apart from that small lie that I told about those droids being mine. And I was really surprised at the quality. It's got an articulated head, a spear, and it's softer than Berent's denim couch. The watercolour painting set is sealed, and will stay that way. The art on the box is good enough for it to warrant a place in Suzanne's Ewok shrine. Now there's one thing I definitely don't have any more room for, and that's more Star Wars art. But sometimes you see art where you've got to say, to hell with it, I'm having that, and I'll work out where to hang it later. And that was the case when we saw the work of Dave Kennedy. Dave had prints of all sizes spanning the saga, ranging from a massively detailed print of the Millennium Falcon for a couple of hundred pounds, to small ink sketches for a fiver. But it was his Force Awakens art that really caught our eye. After a chat with Dave, who was a thoroughly lovely bloke, we decided to pick up a print of BB-8 in his, stroke her, classic thumbs-up pose. It's going to look great up on the wall, if I can find a bit of it that's not already covered. In fact, whilst I'm talking, let your fingers do the walking, open up a browser window, type in cherrysheriff.com and go and have a look at Dave's art. I'm betting there'll be something there that you fall in love with. After touring all the vendors, we moved to the autograph area, which seemed as big as it's ever been, with a massive 17 special guests. I'd already prepared myself for the fact that I wasn't going to be able to squeeze all 17 in, so I'd already shortened my hit list to five names, and four of those were from The Force Awakens. First on that list was Scott Richardson, the man inside the Quiggled costume. Quiggled? Yes, he's the one-legged second-in-command to Sidon Ithano. You know, the crimson-coloured guy in Maskenata's castle. The first thing that surprised me was that Scott is actually an amputee. I genuinely thought they'd CGI'd Quiggle's metal leg, but no, it's real. I wasn't the only one surprised. Scott told us that upon meeting John Boyega in full costume, John had asked him how they'd taped his leg behind his arse. Next on the list were the unofficially christened Nope Troopers. Who? Sandeep Mohan and David M. Santana are the pair of First Order troopers who turn the corner of Starkiller Base only to catch Kylo Ren having a goth hissy fit, destroying the place with his lightsaber, and say, nope, not going in there, and hot-foot it straight out. Now these two chaps were a hoot, a real likely pair of lads, and we had great fun talking with them. Both of them played multiple troopers in The Force Awakens, and Sandeep had some great stories about his scenes with the legend that is Max von Sydow. Both lads confirmed that they were currently filming episode 8, and also confirmed that they were again playing multiple troopers. David also confirmed that he's in Rogue One, in classic Stormtrooper armour. Yes! Our final Force Awakens actor was Natalie Kuzner, the lady inside the pz 4 droid suit. Natalie was a lovely lady, who started her acting career inside alien suits on Doctor Who about 10 years ago. She wouldn't confirm whether she would reappear in Ep 8, being almost coy when asked the question, but she was able to point to a picture and confirm which vent she could actually see out of. Our last autograph was that of yet another Ewok. Seriously, I've met more Ewoks than I've had hot dinners, but I tell you, they don't disappoint. 
John Cumming played Warrock in Return of the Jedi, and he was full of stories about the hijinks that the little people actors had during filming. My favourite was a particular story about a wild night at a pub that he described, in which 14 Ewok actors took a limousine into London and cruised around like a veritable anthill mob. One of the great things about the SW is to talk to the guests. I never feel under pressure to get my signature and go. The other great thing is the family atmosphere. The number of kids I saw having a great time running around in the same space as middle-aged blokes having a sausage butty and a pint was just awesome. Well done, Neil, and all the staff of the com. We had a blast and are already looking forward to next year. Okay, that's it from me for now, but I'll be back soon. Here's handing you back to Awesome Arnie and Marvelous Marjorie. Well, that is our show for this week. Daryl, thank you for joining us. Thanks for letting me join you. I think we're going to go back and looky-loo at that Ray Park line and see if it's as long as it's been all weekend and then call it a day. Keep in mind, this week, not only does Captain America Civil War come out and you'll be able to hear me review that with Stuart and Jacob at NowPlayingPodcast.com, but that same weekend is free comic book day. And while I don't know of any Star Wars comics Marvel is doing, be sure to head out and you might be able to find some covers and support a local comic book store. We'll talk to you in two weeks. May your pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find pictures of the toys reviewed, chat with other Star Wars collectors, and find hundreds of Star Wars Action News episodes at our website, SWActionNews.com. This podcast is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. We rely on listener support to keep the show going. You can pledge to our Podbean fundraising campaign by going to SWActionNews.com support. Backers get rewards including exclusive video content, early show releases, and more. You can also help out our show by telling your friends to listen by posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or in person. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star review written on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at SWActionNews.com. We want your feedback on Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The links to our social media sites are at SWActionNews.com. You can also send us your latest store reports, figure reviews, and more. Email us an MP3 or iPhone voice memo at show at SWActionNews.com. All content received is subject for use on the show. If you also enjoy Marvel Comics, you can hear Arnie and Marjorie talk about the toys and statues based on Marvel Comics characters on the Marvelicious Toys podcast at MarveliciousToys.com. Star Wars Action News is always looking for new people to help with the show. You can find a list of skills we need on our blog at VenganzaMedia.com. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, edited, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Video editing by Barrett, Andrew, and Daryl. Website design by Jason. Graphic design by Jay. Photo editing by Scott and Curtis. 
Announcements by Brock. Segments created by Andrew, Brock, Daryl, Jerry, Jonathan, Nathan, and Steve. For more Star Wars collecting, check out GalacticHunter.com, JediDefender.com, JediTempleArchives.com, and YakFace.com. And we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. Star Wars and all that the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. All rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2016, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. I'm just not able to make this hose look good, I suppose. All right. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what you're laughing at, but I guess it's funny. Uh, Making his hose look good is never an easy task. (laughs) Okay, now I get it. (laughs) I didn't know if you were going pantyhose or... (laughs) One thing that's completely different here from collecting Marvel Legends is throwing stuff on the desk. (laughs) Han fell over. <laughs> he just got stabbed. Ugh. I don't know why they call him macro binoculars. It's not like he can only see a shallow depth of field of things only a foot away. Um, it worked for the sand person. I think that was before they understood what the word macro meant. They thought it meant big. <laughs> and admittedly, the micro binoculars don't sound too cool either. Yeah. Super binoculars. If I went to work wearing something that looked... That that was this. All right, I'm just. I have no end. Yeah, I'm you're. Gone. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> if you I went to work, work dressed like Luke Skywalker, I would not have a job. <laughs> they would send my ass home. <laughs>